think about it. 95% of who you are by the time you're 35 years old is unconscious programs. Mm. So then I assert that if you're not in the present moment, you're running a program. Mm. So the word meditation means, it literally means to become familiar with. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so grateful for you. And I hope that today you take one minute just to truly be grateful for everything in your life that you have right now. I heard a beautiful quote the other day and it said, what if you woke up tomorrow with only what you were grateful for today? And in that moment, I was like, I'm listing up as many gratitudes as I can. And it really did shift my energy and my thought process. And today's guest, I am so beyond grateful for because... He was someone who was at the very beginning of my journey and he completely shifted everything for me. I had a moment where I believe sometimes in life you can have moments where you hear something that impacts you so deeply that you're never the same. And I talk about this today on the podcast about what that moment was and how he came into my life and how everything I looked at was never the same again. So before we get into the show, I want to remind you that I'm coming to your city. And if you live in Chicago, if you live in Austin, Atlanta, or Nashville, I want to be in the room with you. So make sure you go to a tribe called bliss.com so that you can get your ticket for the second round of the book tour. We are going to be having an epic conversation about connecting to your tribe, all the problems and all of the issues and all of the things that we believe are blocking us from having the tribe, the up-leveled tribe that we truly desire. It's also about connecting to yourself and really learning how to reach your highest potential, what that looks like. Then we have a beautiful Q&A and then we get to do pictures together and I get to hug you guys and I get to meet you guys. Um, But it's fun. Like it is, super fun. It's a beautiful evening. So go to a tribe called bliss.com and go grab your ticket. And you guys, if you can't make it to the book tour, go grab the book because you'll see that we have hundreds, thousands of women who are connecting and creating tribes. So you'll be able to just even search that hashtag or go to the Facebook page and you'll be able to see that you can join other groups of women who are reading the books. There's like massive book clubs going on everywhere. So back to my guest. 
My very special guest that I'm honored to have on today is Dr. Joe Dispenza. He's an international lecturer, researcher, corporate consultant, author, and educator who's been invited to speak in more than 32 countries on five continents. As a lecturer and educator, he is driven by the conviction that each of us has the potential for greatness and unlimited abilities. In his easy to understand, encouraging, and compassionate style, he has educated thousands of people detailing how they can rewire their brains and recondition their bodies to make lasting changes. And this is what he did for me. I truly believe this was the beginning of rewiring the way that I think. So as a researcher, Dr. Joe's passion can be found at the intersection of latest findings from the fields of neuroscience, epigenetics, and quantum physics to explore the science behind spontaneous remissions. He uses that knowledge to help people heal themselves of illness, chronic conditions, and even terminal diseases so they can enjoy a more fulfilled and happy life as well as evolve their consciousness. You guys, he has workshops around the world. He also has books that are accessible. I'm telling you, I own majority of his books and I'm getting his new book that is out because this is life-changing work. So listen to every single word. And if this hooks you, please go read one of the books because I literally have his book sitting right next to me right now, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. That's just one of his amazing books. You'll see. I'm just, I'm going to stop talking right now so that we can get into this incredibly decadent conversation. So let's get started. Dr. Joe, I'm so excited that you are here right now in the flesh. (laughs) And this is a crazy story, you guys, because he literally has been um, a part of my journey for, I, I don't even know, probably about six years And I can trace back moments to things that you have said that made me understand why I need to think differently. And that is pretty much the basis of everything that's changed my life and that I've taught on in order to be able to become the person who's able to create the things that I wanted for my life. So to have you here, I'm kind of just like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm happy to be with you. It works. (laughs) (laughs) It does work. The hardest part is making time to do it really. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And that's the truth because I just, so I was, I was listening to a podcast that you were on right before you had gotten here. So you were just on a walk with me and it's incredible how, you know, I can read your books. I can learn about all the different things, but I can forget. It's like I Mm -hmm. go to sleep and get spiritual amnesia and wake Mm -hmm. up and I'm like, what, what do we do again? (laughs) Why is this important? It's so much easier to forget our vision than to remember it, you mm. know? And I think it takes a little a little practice in the beginning. And I, and I do think it's a formula. And just like any skill that you begin to master, you got to go through the steps. And mm-hmm. as you go through the steps, in time, those steps start to merge together and they become one step. And look, I, I don't want it to become mechanical. We're innately mm. wired to be creators. That's who we are when we're not living in survival or living in stress. That's, that's when we're really doing the most amazing things. And, and, and it just takes a little practice. So I know your story, but I would love for you to share that you are a product of what you're teaching and how that all kind of came about. Sure. I mean, in 1986, I was in uh, Palm Springs, California. I was in the biking portion of a triathlon. Uh, I was coming to a corner and I was making a turn. Mm. And there was a police officer on the corner and he was pointing at me and he was waving me to make the turn and I was going to pass these two cyclists on the corner. The problem was he had his back to the oncoming traffic. So the moment I made the turn, Mm. this four-wheel drive Bronco going 55 miles an hour just caught me from behind and uh, dragged me down the road. 
And so I wound up breaking six vertebrae in my spine, compression fractures. And when you land on your back or you land on your rump, the compression of the force that's created in a downward motion collapses the vertebrae. The mm-hmm. columns, you know, they, they begin to crush. So I'd broken six of those vertebrae. When you compress that volume, bone fragments have to go somewhere. So they went mm-hmm. back on my spinal cord. And the arch of the eighth thoracic vertebrae, the top vertebrae that I had broken, the arch that the spinal cord passed through had broken like a pretzel. So mm-hmm. I had multiple compression fractures of my thoracic spine. I had bone fragments on my spinal cord and I had the neural arch of the eighth thoracic vertebrae broken. And now the typical procedure for something like this is what's called the Harrington rod surgery. Mm. So they cut off the back parts of your vertebrae. Mm. In my case, it would be from the base of my neck to the base of my spine. So they take off all of the back uh, parts of the vertebrae called the lamina, screw on these long stainless steel rods. Wow. And when you screw them in, they act as a cantilever and they kind of pull the, the bony fragments off the cord. And then they take bone fragments from your hips, scrape it off and they place it over the top and hope for the best to stabilize mm. the injured area. And um, the prognosis is if I didn't have that, I'd probably never walk again. So I had mm. four opinions from four of the leading surgeons in Southern California in 1986, nobody turned the surgery down. So <laughs> I just um, thought about it and I thought, God, if it was probably a patient of mine, I'd probably refer them for the surgery, but this was me, you know? Mm. And I wasn't so quick uh, to just sign on the dotted line. In fact, the doctors were really frustrated with me because they thought I had a head injury or post-traumatic stress disorder oh. because I wasn't just <laughs> doing what they asked yeah. me to do. Anyway, long story short, after a week, I decided against the surgery and I decided, well, listen, there's some intelligence that's giving me life. It's keeping my heart beating. Mm. It's digesting my food. It's organizing trillions of functions every second. It knows how to heal way better than Joe Dispenza does. Mm. I, I'm a personality. I'm an identity. But this intelligence is giving me life. And so I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. I'm basically laying face down. I have some neurological problems. And I'm going to make contact with this intelligence and I'm going to give it a plan. I'm going to give it a template. I'm going to give it a design, exactly Mm -hmm. what I want. And then I'm going to surrender this creation once I'm satisfied with exactly what I want to a greater mind and it will do the healing for me. And then I said, I'm not going to let any thought slip by my awareness that I don't want to experience. Mm -hmm. Now, that sounds really good from a philosophical <laughs> does, standpoint. Yes. But when you're in crisis or trauma, right. we tend to focus on what we don't want to have happen instead mm-hmm. of what we do want to have happen. Mm-hmm. And that's because the hormones of stress always prepare us for the worst. So mm-hmm. we're always selecting the worst case scenario in our mind and bracing ourselves for that outcome because in survival, you have better chances of living or surviving if you prepare for the worst. Anything ah. less that happens is better. So, so. So we're fighting wiring. That's exactly yeah. what it was. I'm mm-hmm. rewiring my brain. And, and I reason that this intelligence was a consciousness and consciousness mm-hmm. is awareness and awareness is paying attention. So it's present with me all the time and it's paying attention to me. It's mm-hmm. me that's not present with it. So uh, I had to be present in order to give it a very specific design. So I would start off doing the creation of reconstructing my vertebrae. The next thing you know, I'd be thinking about living in a wheelchair. Mm. Then I'd say, oh, that's not what I want. I'd catch myself, like you said, I Mm -hmm. went unconscious. And then I became conscious that I went Mm. unconscious and I'd stop and I'd start all over again. Now, this was very tedious the first six and a half weeks because I couldn't get my mind to do what I wanted it to do. That was Mm -hmm. the hard part. The side effect of that caused me to feel frustration, 
anger, resentment, impatience, all those emotions that really drive us to a lower denominator and mm. direct blood flow to the hindbrain and away from the forebrain. So my focus would go down and then I get more upset. And it would take me three hours sometimes to reconstruct mm. these vertebrae. And I was never pleased at the end until mm. one time I went through the whole entire thing about six and a half weeks. And it felt like I hit a tennis ball right in the sweet spot. Like mm. I hit a golf ball, just right. Something clicked, I clicked, everything started changing. And what I didn't know was that I was practicing the art of paying attention and being present. Mm. And I was also firing and wiring and rewiring my brain. So I had assembled enough circuits that it started getting easier. Mm. And I went through the whole entire thing without losing my focus. And I did it in 45 minutes instead of three hours. Mm. And all of a sudden I was on to something because in that moment, I started noticing significant changes in my health. Uh, I started noticing the pain going away, the neurological uh, conditions changing. And I just started to say, okay, whatever I'm doing inside of me is producing some effect outside mm. of me. So I'm gonna do it now with joy and enthusiasm ah. and excitement. And all of a sudden my attitude started changing. I started getting happy and... Um, in 10 and a half weeks, I was back on my feet. Uh, at 12 mm. weeks, I was back living my life. And, and uh, they told me that uh, if I decided to try to stand up, I'd have to wear this body cast for a year. Mm. Well, I put the cast on for maybe 10 minutes and said, there's no way I'm gonna live in this thing. <laughs> no. And I just made a deal with myself, really, Laurie. And I just said, if I ever... I was able to heal myself. I'd spend the rest of my life studying the mind-body connection wow. and mind over matter. And I've been doing that since 1986. Mm, okay, so many questions. So when you say that you were making that connection with a, you know, a higher consciousness, something that's bigger than you inside of you, did you have that relationship before or do you feel like it got more um, awakened after your accident? Well, in order for us to wake up, some of us yeah. need a wake-up call. Mm. And that was my call. Yeah. I mean, this was no longer dinner conversation. This yeah. was no longer philosophical arguments or, or uh, uh, theoretical ideas. This is practicum now. And this is where the rubber hits the road. Mm -hmm. So I had to take, and, and by the way, the one thing that really helped me a lot was I never stopped learning. I said, okay, if I am going to do this, mm -hmm. I, gotta, I gotta get information so that I understand what I'm yes. doing and why. And once mm -hmm. you understand what you're doing and why, the how gets easier. Mm. So I would just read, 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 read. I'd rethink things and I'd go back at it again. And so there was a period of time where there wasn't a lot happening. Mm -hmm. You know, you're crossing a river yeah. and you're looking for evidence and you don't get any evidence. Mm. And so most people just give up, but I had no alternative. I had, there was nothing else that mm. I could, I, I made the choice. I couldn't look back. And you know you're in trouble in your life mm -hmm. when you have to make a very serious decision. Like, do I get the surgery or not? And your friends say to you, we know you're gonna make the right choice, which really means I'm so glad I'm not you, right? Because <laughs> nobody wants to be faced with that kind of uh, yeah. decision. So, so for me, there wasn't a lot of evidence going on that proved that it was possible, but there was something in me that said, the power that made the body heals the body. It happens no other way. There's a, and it's not something very mystical. It's, it's, it's a function of when we truly connect to something greater and you can call it whatever you want, but mm -hmm. most people forget that it's not outside of them. It literally mm -hmm. is within us. And so you have to take your attention off all the people in your life, all, mm -hmm. 
all the things you own, the place you need to go, the place you live, your body and time itself. And you literally have to get locked into that present moment. And now you're present with a greater intelligence. And and just because you can't see something mm. doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Mm. So my relationship with it or during that time and to this present day is a very real relationship. And how do you develop a relationship with anybody? You make yeah. time for them, mm. you connect with them, you commune with them, you experience with them, you learn with them, uh, you, you, you keep your word with them, you show mm-hmm. up for your date yeah. and you, you make them a priority. And, mm. and it's that kind of relationship uh, that begins to cause it to begin to respond in unusual ways. Now, this is the key point because mm-hmm. when we're creating we're creating a new experience for most people where they want something new, whether it's a new job, a new career, a new lifestyle, a new relationship, a healthy body. They're, they're selecting a new possibility in their mm. mind and they're getting busy thinking about how they're gonna create that. That's a healthy process. Yeah. The problem with the creative process is that we have this idea and then we, we select a new potential in the quantum field and we get inspired, we get excited and we're combining a clear intention with an elevated emotion. And when you do that properly, you begin to change your brain and body from living in the past mm. present reality to living in a future present reality. The mm. problem happens though, when you open your eyes and you say, <laughs> Where, what happened to my bank account? What happened to where's yeah. my new relationship? And the moment we open our eyes and our senses fool us back into separation, we try harder, we force it, we hope, we wish, we pray, uh, we try to control or predict it. And now we're back to living by the laws of the Newtonian world. In fact, the unknown is gonna come in a way that you haven't mm. predicted or expected. It's gonna come in a new way and it's gonna surprise you and catch you off guard and it's gonna leave no doubt that it's come from your connection to this greater mind. So then when people start rushing to make it happen, they're back to their old personality. Mm. They're their old self trying to create something new, matter Mm. to matter. Mm. But when you start connecting to this field, this field of possibilities called the quantum field, this invisible field of energy that's carrying information, and you create from the field, you can exert greater effects on Mm. matter. And so when the synchronicities, the serendipities, Mm. the coincidences, the Mm -hmm. opportunities start to show up in your life, you're gonna start correlating what you did inside of you to produce that effect outside of you. And you're gonna go from living as a victim in your life to believing more that you are the creator of your life. Now, what do I mean by victim? This is an unconscious program. You say to a person, why are you unhappy? What's wrong with you today? Mm. They'll say, I am this way because of that person or that experience, which really means then that that person Mm. is literally controlling how they feel and how they think. Mm -hmm. And if something outside of you is controlling how you feel and think, then you're a victim to that person or thing. Mm -hmm. So then when you're able to self-regulate and change your inner state Mm. and change your inner state of being so that it begins to change how you think and feel and it starts to produce effects in your life, Mm. now you're changing your energy. And when you change your energy, you change your life and nobody changes until they change their energy, period. So then Mm -hmm. it's not enough to just do it in the meditation or do it in your spiritual practice like we started out with and then get up and go unconscious. That's not not the answer. You gotta maintain that modified state of mind mind and body the entire day, independent Mm. of the conditions in your environment, independent of the pain in your body, independent of time. And if you do get ready because something unusual will happen, that's the law. So 
people are starting to figure this out now. And so they make time to have a relationship with this intelligence and they give it time and they emulate it as a creator. And the side effect of that is not only more things happen in their life, but a greater sense of joy, mm. a greater sense of holism. You know, you feel so whole, you feel so happy with yourself. You no longer want anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's a good place to be mm-hmm. because when you no longer want anything, you're no longer living in lack. And that's when the magic starts mm-hmm. to happen because you're creating no longer from polarity or duality. You're creating from oneness. And, and, and I think that when we've measured this with people, their neurotransmitters actually change. Their, their, their oxytocin levels, their, the love chemical is just 200 times more elevated than an average person. They're so in love with life and it, it has nothing to do with a person or a thing. They're just, they're just regulating a state and they wouldn't give this feeling up for anybody. And I would mm. call that the beginning of unconditional love. Mm. Okay, so I need two or three hours. <laughs> so I want to go back to when you were, when you had started picturing healing your body um, for people who have something that they're, cause they're right now, they're all picturing something that they want to change mm-hmm. um, a feeling that they want something that they desire in their life. And you talked a little bit about lack, but also about the, because you were a doctor, you were able to see your spine. You were able to really actually go in there and see yourself healing. So you kind of, you know, saw more of the picture for people who can't see the picture yet. Mm-hmm. How do we piece that together? Well, in the this is a fundamentally great question because now remember that was 1986. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a different guy than yeah. 1986. And I've learned a ton since then. Let me say this. That that probably for me was the best way mm. for me to get present enough to access a greater level uh, of energy, right? Okay. But we have people right now, Lori, that are healing from stage four cancer. I got two emails last week of two people with stage four cancer, mm. 50 brain tumors one guy had. Oh my God. Nine in his spinal cord, 50 in his brain, 20 seizures a day, stage four cancer. Three times the doctors told him that he would never make it through the night. Mm. He just, I just read his scan, 49 out of 50 tumors are gone. None are left oh. in his brain stem. He has no, no seizures any longer. I mean, this is starting to become the new normal. Yeah. So, wow. so now, What I've learned in that initial stage is that it's not necessary that you have to picture anything. Okay. Think about this. Mm -hmm. Your personality creates your personal reality. Mm. Your personality is made up of how you think, Mm. how you act, and how you feel. So the present personality who's listening to this show has created the present personal reality called their life. So if you want to create a new personal reality, a new life, Mm. you got to change your personality, Mm. (laughs) which means you got to start thinking about what you've been thinking about. Mm. Become conscious of your unconscious thoughts. Become aware of how you speak, how you act. Do you complain? Do you blame? Do you make excuses? Mm. Do you feel sorry for yourself? And then you got to look at those emotions that keep you anchored to the past. Mm that are related to some past experience that you're still feeling to Mm. this day. Mm -hmm. And you got to decide, do these emotions belong in my future? Mm. You see, most people try to create a new personal reality as the same personality and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You literally have to become someone else. Now think about this. 
95% of who we are by the time we're 35 years old is a set of memorized behaviors, mm. mm-hmm. unconscious <laughs> beliefs, automatic emotional reactions, yes. hardwired attitudes, perceptions that function just like a computer program. That means the moment you press go, you go unconscious, right? Mm. So think about it. 95% of who you are by the time you're 35 years old is unconscious programs. So then I assert that if you're not in the present moment, you're running a program. Mm. So the word meditation means, it literally means to become familiar with. Mm. So if you're sitting in a meditation and all of a sudden, all these thoughts are coming up. I want to quit. It's too hard. I don't know how to do this. I'm not good enough. It's my mother's fault. It's my ex-husband's fault. And all of a sudden you're sitting there with your eyes closed and your brain is doing all of that. Sooner or later, you're going to start paying attention to these Mm. thoughts. Mm -hmm. Now think about this. The moment you start observing those thoughts, those programs, you're no longer the program. You're the consciousness observing the program. Mm -hmm. In other words, who's doing the observing of the thought? Mm. That's who you really are when you're not Mm -hmm. in the program. Mm -hmm. So you begin to objectify your subjective self. So sitting there long enough, and you become so familiar with those thoughts, I guarantee you in your waking day, when the thought comes up, you're going to say, not today. Mm. You're not going to let it slip by your awareness unnoticed. And if you start observing how you act mm-hmm. and you begin, become so conscious of what you say or how you act and the habits you have, and you become so aware of it that you catch yourself during the day mm. not saying something that you typically say. Mm-hmm. And if you say, my God, I don't even, I didn't even know that this was guilt. It just feels like me. I've been oh, feeling yeah. like this for 25 mm-hmm. years. I, I mean, I guess I'm happy being unhappy. And you start looking at those feelings. The moment you start gaining access to that, looking at yourself through the eyes of someone else, now you're no longer that personality, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So then the fundamental question is, what thoughts do you want to fire and wire in your brain? Mm-hmm. You could become so familiar with the old self that you won't go unconscious, but let's create a new self. Mm -hmm. So what thoughts do you want to put your attention on and fire and wire in your brain? What behaviors do you want to demonstrate today? And the act of closing your eyes and rehearsing your behaviors, rehearsing your actions, begins to install the neurological circuits in your brain to use Mm -hmm. in that day. You're priming your brain into the future. Mm And if you keep doing it by installing that neurological hardware, the, the hardware will become a software program. And who knows, you just start might acting like a happy person. Well, <laughs> you install the circuits. You may start thinking in new ways. Well, you laid down the tracks. And now here's a tough part. Can you teach your body emotionally what that future will feel like mm. before it happens. Mm. Now, most people are waiting for their wealth to feel gratitude and worthiness. They're waiting for their healing to feel wholeness. They're w- waiting for their new relationship mm-hmm. to feel love. That's, that's kind of the old model of reality of cause and effect, mm-hmm. waiting for someone or something outside of you to take away your lack or your emptiness or pain. Mm. That's cause and effect. And what if you're not creating, you spend your whole life living in lack or those limited emotions. But the quantum model of reality is about causing an effect, mm. which means the, mm, moment, you start, so the moment you start <laughs> feeling worthy, yeah. the moment you start feeling gratitude, you're, you're generating wealth. The moment mm. you start falling in love with yourself and falling in love with life, you're going to create an equal. The moment you start feeling whole, your healing begins. Mm. So then- you're conditioning your brain and body into the future. Mm. It's biological, it's energetic, it's neurological, it's Mm. chemical, it's genetic, it's hormonal, it's all of those things that are switching. How do I know that? 
because we've measured it. Okay, mm-hmm. now back to your question. <laughs> if you're doing this enough times every day, and we have people that have healed themselves from genetic disorders that medical science had no solution for, and, and, and you create a new personality, mm-hmm. you're thinking differently. You're acting differently. You're feeling differently. You're signaling new genes in new ways. You're downregulating the genes for disease and you're upregulating the genes for health. And you're creating that emotion and you're combining it with your future, that intent. Your brain and body won't know the difference between the real world that's creating those mm-hmm. emotions and feelings and the imaginary world. Your body's believing it's living in that future reality. And the stronger the emotion you feel, the more you pay attention to the pictures in your mind and you're remembering your future. So mm-hmm. then- a person then who is healed mm-hmm. from stage four cancer or healed from diabetes or MS or lupus or uh, whatever the condition is, they will tell you the disease exists in the old personality. Mm. I'm literally somebody else. Oh. So that's how fast the body can change. So you don't have to visualize the spine. You just got to become somebody else. And just like a, a person with a multiple personality disorder yeah. that has an allergy to nylon stockings in one personality and has <laughs> diabetes in another and yeah. has different color eyes in another. Mm. I mean, mm-hmm. you compartmentalize the brain, your body changes. So just like that, a person who becomes a new person, the disease cannot live in their body because mm. they're literally someone else. Mm. So now it's not so much about what you're gonna get, right? It's mm-hmm. not the wealth or the health or the freedom or whatever. It's who you become. Mm. And so overcoming the old self, coming up against the barriers, the, the walls of your limited beliefs, coming up against your doubt, your fear, coming up against your pain, coming up against your fatigue, and mm-hmm. going past that is where the miraculous happens. Mm. And that, that's where people go and they're doing it consistently. So then just like the four minute mile, mm-hmm. once the four minute mile was broken, everybody did it, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that's happening now. We're seeing people wrapping their mind around this. And when a person stands on the stage in an event and they're healed in a week, Mm. And they say, I came here with Parkinson's disease. I couldn't move my face. I couldn't move my arm. I had these tremors. I don't know what just happened. I don't need my cane. I feel completely different. Uh, My face is moving again. I'm thinking clearer. Like they Mm. got switched on. Mm -hmm. If you're witnessing that and I stand behind the person and there's tears in the audience, everybody's so moved and they don't look like a movie star. And they don't look young and buffed and beautiful and successful. They just look like a normal person. Sooner or later, you're going to say, God, if it happened to her, it could happen to me. Yes. And all of a sudden, there's this kind of equanimity Mm. uh, that starts to create a a new consciousness and a new energy. And just like an infection spreads amongst the community and Mm. creates disease. Mm. I believe that health and wellness and abundance is as infectious as disease. And you just got to get a group of people uh, all uh, uh, making the effort. Mm. Yes, I just got taken to church and I'm levitating. So (laughs) so it's good and it's true because you're reminding me of everything. You just took me down a, a journey of the things that I've also done in my life, but this beautiful reminder of how powerful it is because you can start to, 
you can start to live that way. And I know so many of the listeners put a lot of this into practice, but it's also easy to kind of go back or forget when you're trying to really level up or, mm-hmm. or go to the next level or expand into the person you believe that you're here mm-hmm. to be. Um, and I believe so much of it has to do with environment. So I would love, I would also love to hear what you say about when people um, are maybe in an environment that they don't feel is helpful for where they want to go. Sure. I mean, I just talked to uh, a dear friend of mine this morning and he's going through a change in his relationship. And I said to him, just get away from the beehive. Uh-huh. Step away from the beehive. Don't stay near the beehive. Mm-hmm. You Look, I mean, so much of our our reaction consciously and unconsciously comes from everything that's known in the environment. Now, mm. I say, if you're not being defined by a vision of the future, Mm. then all you're left with is the memories of the past, Mm. which means if you're not creating a future, that means you're believing in your past more than you're believing in your future. Mm. If you're not falling in love with a new future, Mm -hmm. it means you're more in love with your past than you are with your future. So then if you're not creating on a daily basis, And the moment you wake up in the morning, and the brain is a record of the past. It's an Mm. artifact of everything we learned and experienced to this moment. So all the memories are lodged in your brain that are connected to people and things and objects and places and experiences in your past. So most people wake up in the morning. What's the first thing they do? They wake up and they start thinking about their problems. Mm -hmm. The moment they start thinking about their problems, their brain's in the past because they're memories. Every single memory or problem has an emotion associated with it. Mm. So now they start to feel unhappy. They start feeling frustrated. They start feeling fearful. And now their body's in the past Mm because emotions are a record of the past. Now, thoughts are the language of the brain and feelings are the language of the body. Mm. And how you think and how you feel creates your state of being. Mm. So now a person's entire state of being unconsciously is in the past. The familiar past means you're anticipating the predictable future Mm -hmm. and nothing new can happen in your life. So think about this. A person who does this on a daily basis then... Then they wake up in the morning and they go through a series of routine behaviors. They get up, they go to the bathroom, they brush their teeth, they go get a cup of coffee, they let the cat out, they let the dog out. Uh, uh, Then they go in the shower, they wash themselves the same way, they get dressed, they drive. It's a routine. Mm -hmm. And we could say then, if you do that over and over again, your body's going to go on autopilot Mm -hmm. and it's going to be dragging you into a predictable future based on what you did the day before in your past. In other words most people lose their free will to a program. Mm. And there's no unseen hand doing that. So now, the moment you open your eyes and you come back to your senses and our senses plug us into this three-dimensional reality and you see the same people Mm. and you go to the same places and you do the exact same thing at the exact same time, it's no longer that your personality is creating your personal reality. Now your personal reality is creating your personality. Why? Because mm. what is your environment made of? People, bodies, mm-hmm. things, objects, places, and time. Mm-hmm. So then the moment you come back to your senses and you open your eyes, you have a neurological network for your boss, for your ex, for your car, for your house. And Every time you begin to interact with everything in your known environment, now your environment is literally controlling Mm. how you think and how you feel. Mm -hmm. And yet how you think and how you feel creates your life. Mm. 
So if you're thinking equal to everything that you know in your environment, then nothing will ever change. To change then is to be greater than the environment, to be greater mm-hmm. than the circumstances in your life. Now, where you place your attention is where you place your energy, mm-hmm. which means then <laughs> the stronger the emotional reaction you have to someone or something mm-hmm. in your known life, the more you're going to pay attention to them, mm-hmm. which means they've captured your attention, which means then you're giving your power away to that person or oh, that man. problem. Mm-hmm. Now, which means that you have an invisible energetic bond that's keeping everything in your life status quo equal to the emotions that you feel. So then take a person and teach them how to get beyond their environment, Mm. get beyond their body and to get beyond time. That's the formula. Mm. And when they become nobody, no one, no thing, nowhere and no time, they have no attention on anything material. Mm-hmm. they're disinvesting their attention and energy out of this three-dimensional reality and they're connecting to something greater. So then as they're sitting there and the body says, well, it's uh, eight o'clock in the morning, you normally get in traffic and you get angry, but uh, you're sitting in a retreat, so uh, you're a little off schedule. So the body goes, I need to get a little anger going here because I'm mm. addicted to that emotion. So what does it do? It starts sending signals to the brain. Oh my God, I hate my brother-in-law. Oh, I hate my ex-wife. <laughs> you're looking for something yeah. for those chemicals, Interesting. right? Interesting, yeah. But if the person becomes aware of it, now this is, this is the work. This is no longer mm. philosophical. And their body is raging, mm. just wanting a hit of that emotion. And they keep settling their body back down into the present moment. Mm. And they keep connecting to that field. Every time they do that, that's a victory. Wow, and they're yeah. telling the body it's no longer the mind, that they're the mind. Mm. And David is slaying Goliath. Now there's a shift that's starting to take place. And as they lower their mm. volume uh, to that emotion, mm-hmm. they'll naturally take their attention off that person or thing. And they begin to break their energetic bonds with everything and everyone in their life. And they're calling energy back to them and they're mm. building their own electromagnetic field. We've measured this. Now they have energy to heal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now they yeah. have energy to create a new future. Wow. Now they have energy to do something supernatural. Mm-hmm. And by the same means, when people wake up in the morning, they start thinking about all the people they have to see and the places they have to go and the things that they have to do in their known familiar reality. If where you place your attention is where you place your energy, you're investing your attention and your energy into a known future. Mm-hmm. And there's no room for your unknown because your body's gonna follow your mind to right where your attention is. So then every time the person is noticing they're sitting in their meditation, the body wants to get up, it's got to go to the bathroom, wants Mm. to quit, wants to open their eyes. And you say, "Uh, excuse me, I'm going to feed you when I'm ready. You're going to take a shower when I say, Mm. you're not going to die sitting here. You're going to be okay. (laughs) We're going to do some work here. Now, that's when the will gets greater than the program. Mm. And when a person becomes aware that they're putting their attention on something known and they stop and they return back to the present moment and they disinvest their attention and energy out of that known experience in their life, they make room for the unknown. Mm. And so now you're making room for the synchronicities and the opportunities. So the environment then is incredibly seductive Mm. because if you want to control people, control their emotions and emotions come from our reaction to the environment. So then the emotions of stress, like anger and hatred and frustration and resentment and competition and and uh, violence and fear and anxiety and, and vigilance and depression and hopelessness and powerlessness and pain and suffering. They're all, they're all created by the hormones of stress. Mm. I mean, and, and so 
That those type of emotional reactions draw energy from us. Mm. We literally shrink our field because we're taking energy mm. and turning it into chemistry. And you keep doing that over a period of time, the field around your body shrinks and now you have no energy to heal. Mm. So then the idea then when people start to connect to this invisible field is actually to restore energy. And, and we've seen it. We, we've, we've got enough brain scans. We have enough heart monitor measurement, HRV measurements. We have enough genetic tests. We have enough immune system tests. We have enough telomere tests, uh, mm. neurotransmitter tests to show that in four days, people can change their genetic expression. Wow. In four days, they can make their immune system 50% stronger just by trading one of those limited emotions for gratitude, for mm. appreciation, for kindness, for love, for inspiration. And those different emotions are no longer connected to survival. Mm. And all of a sudden now, you're down-regulating genes that have to do with disease and you're up-regulating genes for health. And a person starts stepping away from their past. Mm. So good. So you mentioned, uh, you were talking about running a program and I freaking love that running a program because this makes me think about when we go and we interact with other people. And so many of us can be going on that dream and starting to change our environment, but maybe we have to go back home to our family, that person that triggers us, or maybe we have to, you know, go start confronting public speaking. It's like remembering number one, running a program, but also that other people are running programs. So when you, how do you hmm. not take things personally or navigate the world <laughs> of that reflection well, to you? This is a great question again, because look, I mean, I assert, that 95% of the time, everybody's running a program mm -hmm. and they're unconscious. So I can't take it personally. Yeah, and I'm awesome. doing it too, right? <laughs> so, awesome. so then, but if you're engaged mm -hmm. in the work, if you're engaged in personal transformation mm -hmm. and you are in the river of change mm -hmm. and you're uncomfortable because you're not thinking the same way, you're not acting the same way, you're making different choices, you don't feel the same way. Everybody thinks that's bad. That's actually good. Mm -hmm. You're in the river, yeah. You're out of the known. It just doesn't feel familiar to you. It's not predictable. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the this void is the perfect place to create from. This mm. is where the magic happens. So if you're truly engaged in the work and you're sitting and you're realizing the type of Herculean effort it mm. takes to change, and you see somebody, you're more prone to think, God, I used to be just like that person. Mm. You only react to them when you're like them. Mm. When you're really over it, you just say, wow, like you see a child that's throwing a tantrum. You're yeah. just like, oh, he's unhappy. But it's <laughs> not like it has anything to do with you. Right. So, so you start becoming less offended mm. because you understand where people are at or where you're at in your own evolution. And then why would you judge? Like imagine we, we interview people whose hearts are so coherent their, their neurotransmitters are so elevated for love. Mm. That they say, I feel so whole. I feel so incredible. I'm so in love with life mm. that I don't want to judge. Because if I judge, I'm going to lose this feeling. I don't want to lose this feeling. Wow. I want to keep this feeling going. So they're, so they're coveting the feeling and they're growing the feeling and they want more of it. Mm -hmm. And the research just on oxytocin says that if your oxytocin levels are slightly elevated, mm. it's impossible to hold a grudge. Wow. It's impossible to hold, you forgive naturally, you trust naturally. So 
I call that the natural state of being. So it's, yeah, you got to peel away the traumas from the past. But if I say to you, well, Laurie, why are you this way? I'm just curious. And you say, well, I had a father who was a perfectionist and he was an alcoholic and he came home and he yelled at everybody. And, and I would say, oh, so you haven't changed since eight years old? You've been that, mm. you're, 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 you haven't changed since those experiences, right? Because mm. you've changed in some way, but on some level that's holding you back, right? Mm. So then when a person overcomes the emotions and the memories of those past experiences and there's no charge, that's called wisdom. Mm. Wisdom is the memory without the emotional charge. And now you get to create something new. So mm-hmm. how does the soul, soul now, mm-hmm. create something new if you're still living by the emotions of your past? Mm. The soul wants the adventure. But if you're still suffering, it says, I can't go. You got yes. to finish the suffering because if you're suffering, you're still connected to your past and you're looking that way to the past instead of looking uh, to your future. So people have a thousand reasons and I'll always say, okay, I got it. Now, now what? Mm. So now what? Okay, so what are you going to do now? Okay, let's take your ex-husband and let's put him in a straitjacket and let's put duct tape <laughs> on him. Let's shoot him to the moon. Now what? What are you going to do now? Yeah. What do you want to do? Sooner or later, <laughs> you still got to climb out, right? Yeah. So uh, it's not so important <laughs> then the incident. Mm. What's important is the emotion mm. because emotions are energy. And, mm. and, and how much of people's creative energy is mm. tied up in guilt, is tied oh, up man. in suffering, mm-hmm. is tied up in self-analysis and judgment. How much of people's creative energy is tied up in prejudice or hostility or anger or frustration? That's available energy. Mm-hmm. that they could use to create a new future. So sooner or later you think, well, it's a scientific fact that the hormones of stress downregulate genes and create disease. Okay. And the long-term effects of that really make us feel sick. Mm-hmm. And if I can turn on that stress response just by thought alone, my thoughts are going to make me sick. Wow. So if my thoughts could make me sick, can my thoughts make me well? And then you think, well, my ex-husband is a real pain in the ass mm-hmm. and I don't like him. Mm-hmm. But sooner or later, you're going to have to say, well, every time I react to him, I'm ha- the only person that's really being affected by it is me. And this isn't loving to mm-hmm. me. And now <laughs> you start making those changes because those hormones of stress are so addictive because they give the brain and body a rush of energy. They arouse the brain mm-hmm. and body. So people start using the problems and conditions in their life to reaffirm their addiction to that emotion. Mm. They need the ex-husband to feel that emotion. And if he left, they'd find somebody else. Mm. So it's not the person, right? So then people become addicted to the life they don't even like. Mm. And so then this is why change is so hard because the hardest part of change is not making the same choice as you did the day before and get ready the moment you make a different choice, it's going to feel uncomfortable. You're in the unknown. That's a good mm-hmm. thing. That's the perfect place to create from. And being uncomfortable and being okay with it and then working, taking that irritation and turning it into gold, turning mm-hmm. it into a pearl, turning it into something because mm-hmm. you can, mm-hmm. right? And, and you could have a thousand reasons every day to be unhappy. I do. Mm-hmm. but you got to make a choice sooner or later. Are you going to go unconscious? Because the moment you start feeling uncomfortable, you got one of two choices, forget everything you've learned and go back to the program or stay awake. And yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be hard, but sooner or later, you're going to climb on top of it and you're going to say, I'm not that person any longer. Mm-hmm. And, and so many people that stick with it, uh, they wake up one day and they say, huh, 
I, I forgot. I haven't, I haven't had a pain in my body in the last mm. two months. And I just was so busy living my life. I forgot I had pain. I, I didn't have <laughs> yeah. any, you know, I mean, it just went away. It's mm. not like they had to do anything. They just had to overcome the aspect of themselves that kept them stuck. And when they did, and they finally made their way across the river to the other side, mm. new people, new yeah. experiences, new opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, and now they're so happy with who they are. They, they, they could care less if they have a disease. And that's the moment it goes away. Mm. The moment it goes away is when you say, I'm so happy with me, I, I really don't care. And that's the moment all of a sudden you let go and that intelligence steps in and does the healing for you. Oh, okay. So... It's okay. I'm like trying to say how I feel without calling out my family members. Um, <laughs> do you know those moments that I'm talking about? Um, but it, it's just the the focusing on a problem and not having anything else in your life to focus on. And I've been there. That's what I came from is being so consumed in like letting life happen and focusing on that rather than actually creating. Mm. And I love that you talk so much about creating because in our lives, we go through different phases of creating too. So sometimes we have this beautiful vision and it's incredible and we reach it. And then other times we're like, now what? And it's tough to know what's next. And I just came out of a season. This is why I'm asking this. I came out of a kind of like a winter season where I just reached all my dreams. I felt really incredible. I was in this beautiful phase in my life. But then I had this point of, I don't know what's next and it's not what I was doing. And I felt very lost. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like I was falling, grasping for nothing, um, going back to some old feelings Mm -hmm. of like sabotage or of being, you know, unworthiness. Mm -hmm. Now I have a new vision, but what you were talking about getting out into a new environment, new people. I just would love if you'd elaborate on that space of like, when you're like, man, I know what to do, but I just can't seem to paint this new thing. Sure. I mean, this is a very hard thing for a lot of people because um, so many relationships, Laurie, are based on need, Mm. consciously or unconsciously. Uh, And we need certain things from people to reaffirm our identity. And so when you start separating yourself from those people that create the same experiences mm. that brand the same circuits in your brain, yeah, there's a biological death that's going on. You're pruning circuits away and it doesn't feel good. Yeah. And yet when you just do that for a period of time, you're retreating in a sense from your life. You have to retreat from that stimulation long enough to think differently. Mm. And you got to repeated enough times that you're laying down the neurological architecture that you can use it, review it, repeat it, go over it, make sure you got it wired in there. Mm -hmm. And then you start thinking, I can't react to the person the same way. How can I react to who who in history do I admire? What did they do when they came up Mm. with these situations? You start learning and saying, oh, I, I got it. You want to be wealthy? Read books about wealthy people. Really demystify it. I mean, Many wealthy people feel, failed miserably mm-hmm. for years and then hit it and they didn't even want to care about the money anymore. It's just the fact that they were able to do it. So mm. get real mm. and then surround yourself with people that share a vision, 
and surround yourself with people that have less need from you, from mm-hmm. you and more truly are encouraging you to stretch out and, and to reach your goals and dreams. Have conversations at a dinner table where you're mm-hmm. talking quantum, you're talking neuroscience, mm-hmm. you're talking neurobiology, you're talking epigenetics, you're, you're engaged in something, you're talking about something that you walk away from that's causing you to think. So when you create the next day, you can assign more meaning to what you're doing. So then the, the withdrawal mm-hmm. that people have from their environment, I've seen this so many times. Mm. They're, they're just about ready to break through. Mm-hmm. And then they grab the phone and they call their whoever from their past. <laughs> and yes. like, really, you were you all this work and now you're going to go there, right? Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't say that everybody's bad in your life or you have a bad past. No, I have a lot of great memories from my past. But if something is not occurring for me in my life and I'm in the creative process, there's a blind spot. Mm. That's it. There's some blind spot that I have to become conscious of. So now... Consciousness is awareness and you can have consciousness without energy. So the more aware you've become of your unconscious self, the more conscious you become, the more you change your energy. Mm. So the present problems that people have in their life are created from a certain level of consciousness. Mm. You know the formula. To create a new outcome in your life, you got to go to a greater level of consciousness than the consciousness that's created it. Mm. Well, how do you do that? Mm. Well, you got to start getting conscious of your unconscious thoughts, your unconscious behaviors, unconscious emotions. And and as you do that and you become more aware, your energy is changing. So then- If you do that enough times, if there's a vibrational match with the energy that you're emitting and some possibility in your future, your body's going to follow your mind Mm. to that future, that new environment, just like it follows your mind to the toilet every morning or to the Mm -hmm. shower. It's the same thing. That's the known. Mm -hmm. But the unknown, then your body follows your mind to the unknown and you say, oh my God. That was so worth it. And you only Mm -hmm. need one of those. Mm -hmm. I I know this. I've seen this so many times. You'll need one of those. And people look back at their entire past and they don't want to change anything in their past because it brought them to that moment. Mm. And that's the moment the past no longer exists. Mm. So, So... Every great person in history understood that change was to be greater than the environment, to greater than the circumstances in your life, greater than the conditions in your world. And you got to hold a vision and begin to live as if that future reality was happening in the present moment. So here's the question. Can you believe in a future that you can't see or experience with your senses yet, but you've thought about enough times in your mind that your brain is literally changed to look like the event has already occurred. Mm -hmm. Latest research in neuroplasticity says it's absolutely possible. Mm -hmm. And can you select the new potential in the quantum field, infinite potentials, and begin to emotionally embrace that future reality before it's made manifest Mm -hmm. to such a degree that your body as the unconscious mind is believing it's living in that future reality in the present moment and you're signaling new genes in new ways to change Mm. your body to look like the event has already occurred. Mm. And if you do that over and over again, right? Mm -hmm. Now your brain and body are no longer living in the past. They're a map to the future. And if how you think and how you feel is a state of being, you've got the neurological circuits to think within that new state and you have the emotions to regulate Mm -hmm. and live there. So then to do this successfully is to live by the quantum law which says that your environment is an extension of your mind. Mm. And when you truly change your mind, your life changes. Mm -hmm. So people go to a certain point and then they give up. 
they give up. And mm-hmm. it's that one extra time mm. where you just do it and you don't expect anything. You just do it and let go. And, and then, you know, when the magic starts to happen, you're no longer saying, oh, I got to get up and create my future today. Mm. <laughs> Your body's going, let's get up. Mm-hmm. This is exciting. Great things are happening. It's going gonna, it's gonna to drag you out of bed and say, let's go, let's create. Because it wants the unexpected. That's, that's the new information coming from the environment. So if you're reacting to the same people and same conditions with the same neurological circuits mm-hmm. and every one of those people and things and objects and places in your life has an emotion attached to it. And if the environment signals the gene and it does, and the end product from an experience in your environment is an emotion. If you're living by the same emotion every single day, you're signaling the same genes in the same way. Mm. And now you're headed for a genetic destiny. And you've done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. You're just taking too long. Mm. <laughs> you're, 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 you're stuck in that emotion. So then the moment a person gets beyond the emotion, genes are like Christmas tree lights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of a sudden you start signaling new genes and what do genes do? They make proteins and what mm-hmm. do proteins do? They're responsible for the structure and function of your body and the expression of proteins is the expression of life. Mm. The person overcomes their fear, their guilt, their pain. Yes. And like magic, their disease goes away because they're no longer regulating the same gene. And all yeah. they did was overcome their past. Mm. Now they belong to the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay. (laughs) So I go on like possibility potential walks Mm -hmm. and that's literally where I take that time to just picture and move. So could you tell me a little bit about, is there something there when you're moving your body and getting into a new environment and thinking about that, that can accelerate that? Cause it feels like an accelerator for me. Yeah. And you're, you're really anchored in your body. And, and in fact, when we do our retreats, our week-long retreats, you know, with like a thousand, fifteen hundred people, depending on the, the city we're in, we do four types of meditation. There's a seated meditation, mm-hmm. which our students are very good at. There's a standing and walking meditation, mm. and there's a laying down meditation. And they're in hot pursuit of mastering all of those. Mm. So this happens to me quite a bit. I sit down and have a rock and solid meditation. I Mm -hmm. feel connected. I feel great. And then I get up, I pick up my phone. Mm. There's 32 texts. I got phone calls. I got meetings and I go unconscious like in one second. Yeah. I'm back in the program. (laughs) And I don't like that about myself. And so I started thinking, okay, let's start teaching people how to do the walking meditation. Mm. So they stand up, they close their eyes, they get heart centered, they open their heart, they create heart coherence, Mm. they open their focus, they create brain coherence, they start tuning into the energy of their future. Mm. And now they open their eyes Mm. and now they walk as that person, like it's Mm. already happened. Mm -hmm. They're already that person and they embody the energy of that future. And they wear it and they feel it and their mind is going mm. and they're getting great ideas. Mm-hmm. And they do that for a period of time. They're not looking around anymore. They're, they're in trance. Mm. The music changes. They stop. They close their eyes. They raise their energy again. They connect again. They open their eyes again and they walk that way again. Mm. And sooner or later, it's going to become a habit. Mm. And all of a sudden, when they walk from their car to their, to their office, they're going to walk Mm. as that person mm-hmm. because they're going to start embodying that energy. So it's not just walking and is is you take it on, you take on the mm-hmm. energy. And so we've seen people with cancer in one walk <laughs> their cancer go away. We've seen mm. people with uh, uh, very serious uh, neurological disorders with canes and crutches drop their crutches and walk without their crutches. Wow. We've seen incredible things in one 
hour. We've seen our brain scans show that a person has a completely different brain just by changing their energy and walking as somebody else. Mm. And so we do it on beautiful places like along the beach in Cancun mm. or along the lake in, in, in Berlin or wherever we're, uh, we're, uh, we're always out in nature and mm. on golf courses and imagine a thousand people on a beach mm. as the sun rises, just walking. Wow. There are a few like, mm-hmm. sentient beings. And all that and, energy from all of them. <laughs> right. And so there is an element mm-hmm. where when we walk, it's a subconscious process. We can access mm-hmm. subconscious because walking is such a subconscious thing. We don't think about it. But when you start walking mm-hmm. as your future self and you start embodying that energy and your posture changes and your mm-hmm. movement changes and everything changes, watch out. Mm-hmm. Watch out because you're stepping into the miraculous here. And, and, and again, walking has a strong element of us to begin to embody it. And that becomes mm. the new habit. That's mm. what I want to have happen. Oh, I love hearing about that. So much of what you teach, it it helps me to understand why I don't want to choose that anymore because it's very easy to choose that thought or choose feeling bad for yourself. A lot of a lot of the different things I remember when I when I had first watched What the Bleep Do We Know, right? Mm-hmm. That's the exact that's the right mm-hmm. title. It was a reminder of when I thought negative things about myself or thinking that I could kind of beat myself up into going for that workout or becoming that person I wanted, but it wasn't working anymore. Yeah. It worked for a short period yeah. of time. But then I had this this moment of I'm actually harming myself thinking these thoughts. So I would catch myself and be like, I don't want to hurt myself. Mm-hmm. I want to love myself into this feeling, but you don't get that instant feeling, you know, mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. you're going to do this. So yeah. it, it is a transition period of, wait, is this loving yourself stuff and envisioning your future yeah. really going to work? Mm-hmm. And I just had to have faith because the other thing wasn't working anymore. Well, what is faith? Believing in thought more than anything else, hey. is it not? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I, I did this with my children, you know, when they were little, I had would take uh, little containers mm-hmm. Of uh, and put corn seeds in them. Mm-hmm. Whenever they were angry or frustrated or whatever, I would tell them to go over and put all of that energy into mm-hmm. that corn seed. Mm-hmm. And then 10 minutes a day before we went to bed, everybody just sent that other one, just loving, mm-hmm. nurturing thoughts. We wanted the best, the greatest good for that seed. Mm-hmm. And the other one we never paid attention to. Mm-hmm. So we had a control, we had a, a, a survival emotion, elevated emotion. And I can't tell you how many times that seed that got the negative energy got maggots, never even oh. germinated or came out and died. Wow. And then the other one that was getting love, they would just sprout like wow. a week before it's supposed to germinate. Uh-huh. And my daughter, you know, mm-hmm. I watched her wheels turning one day because her older brother was giving her some, some you know, teasing her and pushing her buttons. Mm-hmm. She kind of looked over at him. She was like maybe six, wow. seven. She looked over at him and she looked at me and she said, you know, Jace, I'm not going to think that way or feel that way because that wouldn't be loving to me. And to this day, 28-year-old woman, every choice she makes is whether it's loving to her. She'll say, let me see how to make this choice. Is this loving to me? Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, you don't believe that those thoughts matter, but they add up. Yes. And so then when you start like it's like the, the garden of the mind. Mm. You got to pull the weeds out. Yeah. You got to get those old plants from last year. You got to you got to soften the soil. You got to take mm. those rocks that are emotions that are blocking the, mm. the growth and get, get them out of there. You got to break down the rigidity and you got to prepare it mm. for some really great planting. And then mm. now you're ready to plant. And then it's not over. 
Mm. And there's a period of germination and you're right where nothing happens, mm. but you got to keep investing your attention and energy into that vision. You got you to build a reservoir of energy where you start believing it. You got to mm-hmm. believe in it and, and, and you got to water it. And you got to give it love and you got to give it attention. You got to, you got, you can't neglect the garden for two weeks and come back and expect your dream to be the same. Yes. <laughs> you got to mm-hmm. manicure everything. And then when the fruit happens in the harvest, you got to harvest your, and then, and then when, when it happens, live it. Yes. Get engaged in full on. If mm-hmm. it's a relationship, if it's money, live it. You mm-hmm. created it. The yeah. allow, it's like, it's like cooking a fabulous meal and not eating it. Mm. You don't do that. You eat it. Yeah. And enjoy <laughs> it. And then when you're done and it gets boring and predictable mm-hmm. and it, you choose another one. Yes. And then how many can you do? You know, yeah. and people in your life, they may not understand you, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Because one day they'll thank you. Mm. And I always tell my children, the unknown has never let me down, ever mm. let me down. Oh, and, yeah. and you got to be willing mm-hmm. to lay down the very thing you ho- used your whole life mm. to get what you want for something greater to happen. Mm. And that's not something that happens in one sweep. Mm-hmm. It's practice and it's unlearning. We have to unlearn how to do that mm. because we're always trying to predict and force outcomes. And yet, there's this delicate balance between intention and surrender. Mm. If you overintend, you're trying. Mm-hmm. If you over surrender, you're lethargic. So you have to be able to have an intention <laughs> so and good. trust and walk that razor's mm. edge. And you got to stay conscious in your waking day. And the more conscious you are, mm. the more access you have to information. Because the more conscious you are, the more access you have to energy and energy is frequency and all frequency carries information. Mm. So in our advanced events, we're doing brain scans on people. Mm-hmm. When people start hooking up to this field, we can predict what's going to happen. We say, oh, she's going to pop. Oh, watch wow. this. He's going to start downloading. And all of a sudden you see the brain's going boom, boom. They start downloading data. It's not coming from the environment. Yeah, It's not coming from anywhere. It's coming from the field. Yes. And they're, and they're, they're having very profound moments. And, yes. and, and, and when they're doing that with their eyes closed and it's more real than this reality that we're sitting in. Wow. And what comes with that? A level of love or a, love, a frequency of wholeness oh. that is so familiar and so unfamiliar that you can't forget it. And that's what you want more than anything else. It's greater than any wardrobe, any shopping spree, any sports car. This is, this is when you feel that, you, you drink that wine, you want nothing else mm. but more of that. And then that's then where we become less seduced by the environment because mm. you know that the environment's never gonna do that. It's coming from within you. So as you begin to remove those layers, those masks, uh, mm. those blocks that stop the flow of the divine, that intelligence mm. within us. The moment we start making room for it and it starts to leak out of it, us, we become more like it. Mm. We become more mm-hmm. loving. It's a loving intelligence. We become more giving. It's a giver of life. Mm. We become more conscious. It's a consciousness. We become more mindful. It has an infinite mind. We become more willful. It has an amazing will. Mm. Uh, its nature becomes our nature. Its mind becomes our mind. And we're not saying, oh, I'm going to try to forgive that person. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. You. you you can't not forgive them because if the moment you hold them hostage, you're hostage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you free them and you free yourself because mm. you wouldn't want to trade this feeling. And, and forgiveness is the side effect mm. of, of uh, uh, an awakening mm. in a sense. So, so then when, was, when this starts to happen, the environment becomes less seductive. Uh, we're not putting all of our attention now. So many people, because of the hormones of stress, the moment they react to some threat or some danger in their life, they focus their attention on the cause, the person, mm-hmm. the object, the thing, the incident. 
So then they narrow their focus mm. all the time on matter. So all of everybody's attention is on the 3D world unless they, unless they go to sleep. Mm. But someone who's been practicing in the practice and they have more attention on their mm. thoughts, mm-hmm. more attention on their feelings, more attention on their mm. actions and their words, they have more of a balance between their attention in their inner world and their outer world. And the brain's job is to create coherence mm. or meaning between what's going on out there and what's going yeah. on in here. So now you start you start resetting the baseline mm. of the brain back to normal where you got to pay attention to what's going on in here and not all of your attention out there. Because mm. if you do, then you're controllable and more than likely uh, you're going to be a victim to whatever, whoever out there. And so mm. when people start figuring this out, they turn the battleship around and, and it's not that you react. I mean, I react, everybody mm-hmm. reacts. The question is how long oh. are you going to react? Mm. How long are you going to do that for? Are you going to do that for a week? Really? Then, mm. then you're in your past because that emotion is keeping you in your past. You can do that for nine months. Mm. Is that going to become your temperament? You're going to do it for three years. That's become your personality. And then you're going to tell the story of why you are the way you are 10 years later. And mm. the latest research on memory says that memory is creative. The majority of people's memories are, aren't even the truth. Wow. People make stuff up just to reaffirm the fact that they haven't been able to change. So then... If not now, when? You're going to wait for crisis? You're going to wait for trauma? You're going to wait for disease? You're going to wait for diagnosis? You're going to wait for loss? You're going to wait for betrayal to finally make up your mind Mm. to change? You can learn and change in a state of pain and suffering. You can learn and change in a state of joy and inspiration. The new model is Mm. let's be creators. Mm -hmm. Why not? Yeah, I feel like if we don't choose a wake-up call, we're going to get one anyway. The soul's going to negotiate something. It's going to figure something out for you. It won't feel like it's for you, but it is. Exactly. Um, I want to talk about your events in a minute because number one, it's on my um, list of what I want to do next year. Uh, So hopefully you're still doing- Oh, we will. Okay, good. That's your thing. Um, And you just really reminded, I'm I'm in a moment right now of creating something totally new that I've never, ever done before. I'm actually about to go this weekend and perform like poetry or spoken word at my friend's event of 2000 people. I've never done it. And I, in order to create, I had to- I had to get in that field of letting go of everything, letting go of the fear, letting go of the thoughts, letting go and actually getting into that feeling. And it was like, I had to tell myself that I wasn't like, I was calling on something so much bigger than me to get what I wanted to create because I didn't believe that I could do it. So when you said you painted the perfect picture for me, it like just you open up and you download it when you let go of everything else. My energy stops going to all of those thoughts and all of a sudden you're open to Bigger thoughts, bigger than you. Exactly, and your and where you place your attention is where you place your energy. And if you're truly in the present moment, whew, you got a lot of energy. Yeah, you got a lot of energy to create. So, so, so I think that great um, artists and great poets and great mystics, they mm-hmm. uh, musicians, Mozart, Da Vinci, you know. Madame Curie, they all, they loved isolation. They always liked to mm. get in that state. They didn't want to lose the magic, mm-hmm. right? And, and friends of mine that are composers are that way too. They, they just need that moment where they just disconnect yes. from everything material. Mm-hmm. And now they're, they're in the workshop of the mind. Mm-hmm. 
and you're going to think and, and it's your signature. It's your, mm. your, your divine. You get, mm-hmm. a, you get a, a new way to express yourself yes. or express your divinity, whether it's the word or music or mm-hmm. whatever it is, you, you, you start to master something. So my definition of the creative moment is when I forget about myself. Mm-hmm. That's when, when I completely forget I'm Joe Dispenza, so good. I'm there. Mm-hmm. And, and so that means then you got to unclutter yourself. And if people who spend their whole life being a somebody or a someone or something, owning something and living somewhere in mm. some time, all of their identity is connected to their environment. Oh man. They're going to have a difficult mm-hmm. time getting beyond themselves because they're always going to be looking for their environment mm-hmm. to reaffirm who they think they are as an identity. But at mm-hmm. the end of your life, take the environment away. Who are you left with? Mm. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. the real question, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. And I think that was one of the biggest struggles is going, wow, nobody knows me as this. What are they going to say? This is so scary. Like half of it was detaching yeah. from that. Like, yeah. can't I just go back to what I know I'm good right. at? Yeah, exactly. That seems so much easier. Yeah. Let me just speak there. <laughs> um, so I, was, I could so see that. So your events, tell me about your events. Well, uh, you know, after What the Bleep, I, I listened uh, closely to people's questions uh, in the Q&As uh, mm-hmm. when I was with all the researchers and scientists. And the most common questions people asked were like, how do you do it? Mm. If your personality creates your personal reality, I got to change my personality to create a new personal reality. <laughs> Why is it so hard to change? You yeah. know? So I thought they were great questions. So we started doing workshops uh, to teach people the how-to mm. and demystify it. You combine a little quantum physics, a little neuroscience, a little neuroendocrinology, a little uh, psychoneuroimmunology, a little epigenetics. All of those sciences point the finger at possibility. And science is the language that unifies mm. a community because you start talking tradition or culture mm. or religion, everybody shuts off, but science brings people together. So, and, and I like the scientifically based approach because nothing's left to conjecture. Mm. Nothing's left to shoot superstition. Nothing's left the dogma. So we started doing these events and and then all of a sudden we started seeing after a couple of years, miracles starting to happen. Mm. I mean, crazy stuff. And so then I said, okay, I'm going to change the format. And I started doing these advanced four, four and a half day events for people that had done all the other trainings. And I wanted people that were really into into the work. Mm -hmm. And we did uh, a lot of scientific measurements during that time. We did 8,500 brain scans before uh, an event and then we measure their brain after. And I wanted to know the changes weren't just in their mind, they're in their brain. Yeah. We did a lot of measurements with the heart. You know, when you feel angry or frustrated or impatient, your heart beats out of order. When you feel wow. gratitude and kindness and care, your heart has a very strong rhythm. And it's that rhythm, that coherence that begins to produce a, 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 an invisible magnetic field that mm. emanates from your body. Mm-hmm. So now you're starting to connect. So- as I said, we've measured neurotransmitters and, and immune responses and telomeres and genetic expression. We've, we've spent a lot of time. And I now know without a doubt that people can do the uncommon. I now know that people can become supernatural. Mm. So we did 19, Laurie, of those advanced events all over the world. And mm-hmm. we have data and amazing scientific history we've created. But then I said, you know what? Right around Saturday or Sunday, people are breaking through and I got to send them home. So I thought, let's can let's can all the the um, the research stuff now. Mm-hmm. We've got enough data now. Let's do a week long event mm. and let's take people on this fascinating ride mm. and let them get beyond themselves. Let's teach them how to create. Let's bring in all kinds of walking meditations, laying down meditations, meditations to stimulate the uh, the the 
mystical experiences. Mm. I mean, just we just we it's a fun, fun time. It's a really amazing uh, uh, time. And um, so we do these week long events, and um, at the end of these events, uh, we see the most incredible transformations that to me, mm. I thought I would never witness in my lifetime, yeah. honestly. And, and uh, I keep telling my staff, I'm waking up in my dream. I'm waking up in my wow. dream because uh, uh, you can't tell me you're too old to do this work. Mm. We got people in their 80s whose brain scans are elegant. Mm-hmm. You can't tell mm. me you're too sick to do this work. We got sick people with 50 brain tumors mm. wow. or brain cancer mm-hmm. or, or MS or lupus or uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma that are normal. Mm. And there were days they didn't want to do the work and they did it anyway. Mm-hmm. There were days they had a lot of fear. They did it anyway. You can't tell me you had a turbulent past and that you just can't tell me a lot of people with turbulent pasts mm. that overcame them. Yeah. Or different people. You, you, you can't tell me you're too old, too young, too overweight, too underweight, uh, that you've never meditated before. Some, sometimes people never meditated, have the most amazing scans. They're just wide open. So if you get a community of people together and they can retreat from their lives and remove the constant stimulation from their external environment that Mm. reminds them of who they think they are as a personality, Mm. to separate themselves from the people they know and the place they go and the things they do at the exact same time every day, long enough for me to remind them that they're the creators of their life and challenge them and give them all the science. And then I now know that if you take a group of people and you give them sound scientific information, And every time they learn something new, they're making new connections in their Mm. brain. That's what learning is. But if learning is making new synaptic connections, then remembering is maintaining. Mm. So in our workshops, I develop a concept or an idea. And then I say, Laurie, turn to the person next to you and explain it. Wow. Well, if you can't explain it, it's not wired in your brain. Yes. But between two people, they start building a model of understanding. Mm. And so the more they understand what they're doing and why, the how it gets easier because they're installing the neurological hardware in their brain in preparation for the experience. So now they're prepared. Yeah. So then if I can set up the conditions in the environment and give them the proper instruction and if they can get their behaviors to match their intentions and their actions equal to their thoughts, Mm. they're going to have some type of new experience or transformation. Yes. And that transformation is literally going to change them and they're going to meet truth at a different level. Mm. Why? Because experience changes us. Experience enriches those circuits in our brain. And the end product of an experience is called an emotion. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, there goes fear and here comes joy. And then we do it again. There goes fear, here comes more joy. Mm -hmm. And you keep doing that over and over again. You start conditioning and Mm. making those changes. So then every experience that they have means that if they've done it once... They should be able to do it again. Mm-hmm. And if you keep repeating the experience, you know, when you feel the emotion of the first experience, you're embodying the truth of that mm. philosophy. Here, you're starting to feel it in your body. You're embodying the truth. You're chemically teaching your body to understand what your mm. mind is intellectually understood. Yes. So knowledge is for the mind, experience is for the bodies. So we've done it once. You hit a golf ball, well, you should be mm-hmm. able to do it again. Mm-hmm. So then as you start repeating the experience, you begin to neurochemically condition your mind and body to work as one. Mm. Now you're in a state of being. Now you're mastering that philosophy. Now it's innate in you. It's automatic. Mm. It's easy. It's effortless. Mm. And now then people start going from thinking to doing to being, mm-hmm. from philosopher to initiate to master, mm. from mind to body to soul, from, from knowledge to experience to wisdom, to learning with your head, applying with your hands and knowing it by heart. Mm. And so we've done these all kinds of different wonderful things during the week longs. But what I'm really excited about recently are these coherence healings that we're doing. Mm. We're teaching people that it's not matter that emits a field. 
Mm-hmm. It's the field that creates matter. You mm-hmm. don't have to change matter. You just have to change the field. And if you mm-hmm. change the field, you change matter. Wow. And so we take people that are sick and we lay them down and we create what's called a cage. Mm-hmm. Eight people around them, three on one side, three on the other mm-hmm. side, one at the head, one at the feet. And it has to, person has to get beyond themselves. Mm-hmm. They have to open their heart and they have to know how to hold a coherent state. Mm. And they lay those hands into the field of the person below them. And in 10 minutes, we have seen tumors disappear. We have seen wow. blind people that were blind from birth seeing again. I mean, just just crazy, crazy stuff. And, and I've seen bodies lay there that have never been touched, just moving all over the floor involuntarily. I mean, energy wow. is moving these bodies. And and it's really outstanding and people are getting up uh, very, very changed. And, and it's a super, super cool thing. We, we've, we're documenting it now because wow. it's just yes. really off the hook. Wow. Oh, well, I'm there. You have to come. <laughs> bring handsome come. pants with I you. I will yeah. bring handsome pants. Yeah. I'm absolutely going to go. Um, that It's been a goal of mine since I've been talking to Kristen who connected us. Oh, cool. She's amazing. So I know that you said you have some tickets left for Cancun in December. Yeah. So the biggest problem that we have, Laurie, with our events is that they sell out mm. so fast. So we What put, a problem. So we put, <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy problem. No, it really it's a is. a good problem. No, yes, it's a really, it, is. A, it really is a problem because- yeah. We do challenge activities yeah. in addition to uh, to walking meditations on the beach. So we need a big place to uh, hold a thousand people. We need a beach. Yes. And then we need room for a challenge activity like in Toronto. Mm. Uh, the challenge activity that we did is we had uh, almost a thousand people uh, repel off the top of the Westin in, in downtown Toronto. Wow, now, okay. Not, mm-hmm. We're not doing that for adrenaline rush. Right. People have practiced in my work, heart coherence and brain coherence, and they can do it really well. We got the measurements yeah. with their eyes closed in a peaceful room, music playing, it's all safe. Mm-hmm. But now let's take them to the edge. Yeah. And let's see now if they're able to create heart and brain coherence when it matters the most yes. in that yes. moment. Mm-hmm. And if you can do it there, you'll be able to do it in your life because yes. most people, the moment they feel those feelings, they don't think they have control of them. And so we have to, we do these crazy wild challenge activities. Mm-hmm. So, so we're doing one in, in uh, this, uh, in two weeks in, in Australia, that's been sold out for a mm-hmm. while. The one in Brighton in the UK has been sold out. Uh, and we have one in Cancun in December. And I think there's just under a hundred seats left. Mm. Uh, that's December 3rd through December the 10th, I think. And and then we'll be in Vancouver, BC in February. We'll be in um, uh, Germany, Berlin or Bonn, Germany in uh, in March. And then we'll be in, in April, we'll be in uh, Spain, in Mallorca. And then in June, we'll be back in Cancun again. Uh, and then July, I think we're in Portland. So we do okay. these week-long events. Awesome. Uh, and you, the only thing is that you have to do the online progressive workshop in preparation because you're going to join a community of people and we're going to march and we're going to go. You're ready. And Mm -hmm. you got to be ready. And, uh, but we review everything and we get people primed up, but, but, um, it, my interest, I, I have no no interest in doing keynote presentations yes. and conferences. I mean, it's, I'm bored. I mean, yeah. I've owned it. I mean, I want to be with doers. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to talk about mm-hmm. history. I want to make history. Mm. And, and that's what we're doing. We're making history. Mm. Yes, you are. And I've heard from many, 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 many people and you're just doing so much work right now. And I want to acknowledge you for showing up the way that you do and for impacting my life in such a massive way. And so many people that I know, and I know this is just the very beginning for you. And truly it has affected my life. And I feel like when you walked through the door, I was like, 
he kind of has created so much of my life here by changing the way that I think. Uh, so, and that is powerful because I feel like I've also been able to gift that forward with mm-hmm. people to change, you know, help change. I know for me, I mean, uh, number one, you're the living example of truth mm. and we need more living mm. examples of truth. And secondly, Thank the greatest you. compliment that anybody could give me is, is that like mm. I did it and it worked. That's to me, it's way more valuable. I, I, there's nothing more valuable to me than people, when people say, Hey, I, I, uh, I did the work and and I'm healthy. I did the work and I have a new life. I did the work and mm-hmm. my anxiety's gone. I did yes. the work and I have a new career. Uh, that's the that's the, that's why I'm doing this because I, mm. I believe that everybody can do it. Not just a select group of people or a special group or an academic or a scholar or a monk. That we are we're wired to create. That's mm-hmm. who we are. I mean, that's where there's a divine spark in us that uh, yes. we got to start using more of. You know? Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I don't want this to end, but it. It kind of has to. <laughs> I'm just like one more. Where? What's your website that we can go get the tickets? And where? Where's the best spot to follow yeah, your journey? So we just put it. We just built a whole new website. It's really beautiful. It's just drjoedespenza.com. Awesome. And there's just all kinds of resources there, and you know, get started or whatever. You know, and there's tons of meditations now that we have, and and a, a lot of a lot of different um, uh, videos. You know, podcasts and lectures. audios. It's it's all there. Yeah. Awesome. I will make sure that we link that up, put it in the show notes, you guys read the books, go follow him, go find him. Truly your life will change. I'm sure you already feel that through this podcast. And thank you so much for listening. And if you loved it, make sure you share it with your friends because they all need this. So text them right now, this episode, let them know their life is about to change. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye.